Welcome to Grizzly Peaks Radio. This is Masks of Nyarlathotep for Call of Cthulhu, 7th edition. Dark schemes herald the end of the world. Written by Larry Dottilio and Lynn Willis. 5th edition by Mike Mason, Lynn Hardy, Paul Fricker, and Scott Dawood. My name is Kimberly, and I play Claudia Stein, a former U-boat captain from the German side of World War I. And to be clear, she is not and will never be a Nazi. Her three great loves are fame, fortune, and pretty women. She used to be rich, but now she's not, but the other characters don't know that. My name is Sydney. Just call me Sid. I play Cole Mortson, aka Caron, who is a burned private eye detective out in New York who has a terrible drinking problem and a scarred face. The name is Cole, Cole Mortson, but some call me Caron. Once upon a time, I was a New York PD investigator, but as you can see by my face, I ran into 150 degrees of explosive bad luck. Now off the force, I spend my time as a for-hire private eye that isn't afraid to get his hands a little dirty. Whatever may come for me and my friends, they should know that not all of me was burned away. My name is Kiara. I play Dr. Gwen Greaves, a French-Moroccan surgeon with a dead husband, an opium addiction, and a growing debt to the mafia. Hello, lads and lasses. I'm Brian, and I'll be playing as Bill Rakeshire, your friendly neighborhood custodian. Hello, my name is Will, and I play Marcus Abate, a streetwise mechanic turned booksmart archaeologist after a car accident that left him with a muscular disorder. A fast talker and a smart cookie, but a bit of a wild card if you cross someone close to him and put a switchblade in his hands. And he's partial to alcohol in bags. My name is Isaiah, and I play Grums the Hobo, a rootin' tootin' shootin' rail rider from Louisiana. Not much is known about my past, but an odd affinity for cats and their well-being. So day two on the Mauritania, Grums, you had had that rather hair-raising incident where you nearly fell off the edge of the boat to chase that stranger who was who was just kind of staring out with a thousand <laughs> yard stare off the back of the boat. The next day, there's not going to be, there's no major events. The day passes mainly without incident. However, sometime in the mid-afternoon, perhaps when they are serving a high tea in the recreation area, which it consists of cake, cucumber sandwiches, and chocolate digestives which is a particular delicacy of the british digestives it is are great. a it is a sort of wholemeal cookie cut covered in one side with dark chocolate so you don't spot anything unusual about the gathering however you do notice towards the end that 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 officer who came in and gave that rather mm, let's say troubling message to the captain is actually there is up there hosting the tea session so he he was the guy that came in had a whispered into the ear of captain chester warburton who then looked very shocked and a bit thrown oh during the captain's dinner during the during the captain's dinner okay so you go up to him he doesn't seem to recognize you and he says can i help you sir Hey, officer, nice party you got here. I love a good tea. Yes, well, we like to keep our guests satisfied. Most definitely. What, what, do you, what do you guys put in these cucumber sandwiches here? Cucumber. What a delicacy. It is indeed. It's the finest Her, Her Majesty's lands have to offer. Fine cucumber and a nice bit of butter. All right, well, good looking. Can you make me a psychology roll? 69 Yay. okay you, you don't see anything uh, anything unusual about him um you do see on his lapel he has his name his name is malcolm pinkham and he's the ship's purser so i hear you're in charge of the money sir he's very observant do you mind um uh, do you mind le- um, telling me your name sir so i can make sure you are well looked after 
Uh, the name's Grums. First name Gur, last name Ums. Nice to meet your acquaintance. Yes, very pleased to make yours, sir. Yes, indeed, I am the man that looks after the money. I, uh, I keep a tight grip on the ship's purse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine that cucumber sandwich deficit is probably eating at you with all these uh, ro royal cucumbers you got. Between you and me, uh, Mr. Grums, cucumbers are very cheap. And so is white bread with no crusts. It's um, it's our little secret, eh, though, between you and me. Well, I imagine it's got to be labor-heavy, you know? you got to hire all these people to cut the crusts off and stuff, and spread the butter, and peel the cucumbers. As he leans forward to, um, to, to speak to you, you can make me a spot hidden roll. Look in the cleavage. Fuck! Damn. <laughs> Damn. Okay, well, you don't notice anything unusual about him. And, he, and then he says, well, sir, I have um, many other passengers to attend to. If you do not mind, I will make my uh, excuses and bid you good day. Please enjoy uh, as many cucumber sandwiches. I can see you're already stuffing about 30 of them in your pockets, but <laughs> no need to do that if you want more we will send them up to your cabin in fact if you need anything you all you need to do is pick up the internal phone and call and room service will be there within minutes yeah you should just like send the guy to keep him coming you know all right cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all right so uh evening comes and and this is literally word for word what it says in the scenario evening observe and flirt with members of opposite sex oh events of well and also, that's a little bit presumptuous. It could be members of either, of any sex, I suppose. Right. We'll head to the lower decks and just kind of start, you know. I want to come. Has anybody seen a priest? <laughs> All right, so you um, you head down to the lower decks. After about an hour of wandering around in the sweaty, fetid lower decks, the, there's a smell, a horrible, like, pervading smell of diesel everywhere. And after about an hour or two, you do spot somewhere at the back of the communal uh, mess hall, you see the priest. He's sitting on a table surrounded by other people. What's he doing? He seems to be talking to a couple of his fellow passengers quite discreetly, like he's not preaching or anything. He's just having a quiet chat. You know, I think we should just walk up to him and be like, oh, wow, crazy running into you here. Wow, <laughs> how, you, how you been, man? Okay. Um, yeah, let's, yeah, like, it's nice meet, nice running into you again. Uh, I was just down here um, to grab some towels and ice, you know? <laughs> Could we offer them a cucumber sandwich in your pocket? As you approach, make me a listen roll. But both of you can make, both of you can make me a listen roll. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Nice! You hear them speaking, you, you actually catch a few words, and they're speaking to each other in a foreign language. It's not a language like French or German, which you kind of would... So you would know French and German because you have French and German companions who probably have spoken in French and German at times. But it's not French or German. It definitely sounds like a sort of European language, but you can't place it. But anyway. Oh, Italian. They're chatting to each other, and then and then the priest looks up and he goes, Oh, oh, what are you doing here? You you are first class. Why are you here? What do you want? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm crazy running into you here. We were just down here to grab some ice and some towels, maybe get a couple of little shotlets, you know? How's it going now? It's nice seeing you. I, I cannot tell whether you are ever serious uh, or joking. <laughs> I find it very troubling. That's part of my Louisiana charm. <laughs> um, his, his two, the two men that he was talking to are suddenly like staring down at their food very studiously. They're just not looking at you. They're not making eye contact. They just kind of start shoveling this simple like food, like you know, eggs and and maybe some some kind of uh, beans and whatever into their mouths. And they're just like completely ignoring you. Um, and the priest says, "Well, uh, maybe we should go and talk somewhere. If you if there is anything you you uh, you uh, need to know from me." I, I, this is very noisy here. Let's, let's just, and he starts getting up and, and starts trying to usher you away from the table. I dump my cucumber sandwiches on their table, give them a wink, and say, I get these anytime I like. Don't you guys worry. <laughs> <laughs> All they got is beans and eggs, man. Gotta give them something. <laughs> the champion so, of the um, people. So the priest takes you over 
and and it actually, actually, as he puts his hand on your arm to lead you over, you notice that his hand is shaking a bit. He looks kind of scared or something. Okay. And he leads you over into the corridor, and he says, "Gentlemen, please, I do not want any trouble. You must understand. I am, I may have committed an error by wandering up to the deck before, but please, I am not asking for trouble. Can you please leave me alone?" I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I'm a simple man of God. Well, here's the thing, uh, Padre. Uh, We are... The good friends of Jackson Elias. We are the good friends of Jackson Elias. uh, Bohemian adventure extraordinaire. And we are, the two of us, a part of another group that consider ourselves a champion of the people. And... Your problems are our problems. Do you understand what I'm saying? If there is something you're worried about, that worries me. So if there's something that's frightening you, don't worry. I've got the solution right here, and I pat my gun. Tell me that again, sir. Champion of the people? What kind of talk is this? Well, you know, I myself have experienced the hardships of regular civilization, and... As time went on, I realized that, you know, nobody's really looking out for the little guy, and I've decided to vote myself as such helper. So, explain to me, sir, what you are doing in first class, if you are such champion of the people. Oh, well, the tale of our adventure got out, and a random benefactor decided to give us an upgrade from first class from uh, where you're actually sitting to first class. So, we were broke, don't don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I find this not impossible to believe. I look into your eyes and I see a life of hardship. Tell me, what do you think of the rich people of this world? Well, you know, rich people, like everyone else, there's the good, and the bad and the weird. Money, my sir, is the root of all evil. I'll have you know I'm agnostic. Uh, <laughs> I know that's straight out the, the, the King James reader right there. Uh, I'm sure the Gideons provided the one you got. Hmm. I see you are confused then. We preach poverty amongst my people. And those with wealth and power, they need to be brought back down to earth amongst us common people. That is the only way. Well, Father, how can how can we how can we help you with whatever you need help with? I'm not sure you can offer me help, but maybe you can make me a persuade role. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he looks at you again and he says, "Do you truly believe in bringing justice to all?" I believe in protecting those who cannot protect themselves. Yes, very good, very good. Well, all I will tell you, go to the library and look up the Liensk Cossacks. Liensk Cossacks. (laughs) And if that does not persuade you of the need for action, then you are of no use to me. And then he turns around and he walks away. Father? Yes, son? <laughs> Grums, I think you owe him a cucumber sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, if their friends, if his friends already ate them, I don't know what to do, but, you know, I dumped my load on there. I'll say you got another 30 stuffed inside your inner inside pocket as well. I hand, I hand them over five of them. You know, I can't just go around giving everybody all my cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> okay. And I also asked for his name because I didn't catch that. Uh, you may call me Father Valentine. <laughs> it's late afternoon. You have, I mean, if you want to follow that up, you can definitely go to the library. Hell yeah. So as you're walking back up to Dex, you, you do remember it does actually kind of occur to you. The Cossacks, they were known for their brutality. You know he's referring to a group of legendarily vicious soldiers who 
caused a lot of bloodshed throughout you know recent history we should check out the book or at least go look for it all right so um you go to the library and you meet up with claudia and and uh gwen okay you both have heard of the Lienz cossacks actually not just the cossacks but the Lienz cossacks and gwen mm. you must have studied russian history or something just for fun <laughs> yes <laughs> The Lienz Cossacks have gone down in history as the most brutal, murderous group of mass killers and rapists in Russian history. Ooh. They were this um, this brutal force of horsemen from the eastern steppes who were employed by the royalty, by the Tsar and his court, to basically put down insurrections, murder and, and raise and burn entire villages, um, just do the most unspeakable acts in order to keep keep the peace. And they were, these sort of actions and the, and the actions of the Tsars and, and, and the other Cossack factions were largely responsible for the beginning of the, of the revolution. There, there's been retribution against the Cossacks since mm. the revolution, of course. They didn't teach me any of this in world history. There. That's what you know, but um, you still might be. It still might be useful to look for the, some additional books or uh, you know information in the library if you wish. This priest does not like rich people, and he points you to this book. I would imagine he is a communist. So, if everyone who's doing the research wants to do a library. Use a roll. Yes. You, you may do it. Damn. Damn it. Fail, fail. Ugh. Is there a librarian to help us? Uh, no. But you can push the roll. <coughs> I mean, I'll, I, 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 there'll be, I'm sure there'll be all kinds of shenanigans that happens if you fail. But actually, you know what? In this case, failing a push roll for library use just means you spend the whole night there trying to look for this book so yeah you can yeah you can push it if you want oh did you burn the books the library down i think i fell asleep while researching okay so um oh that's good oh i like that oh god yeah i think i think knocking over a candle are you kidding me oh jesus towards the end of your fruitless search you do knock over an oil lamp and the oil Starts running out, and the carpet starts like going up in flames. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you gonna do? Doesn't one of us have pyromania? Yes, uh, Marcus does have pyromania. You toss your very expensive jacket, your favorite jacket, I will say. Come on, yes. <laughs> over the burning carpet, and you smother it out, and you stand there looking very miserable as you see a huge hole, black kind of patch and hole that has burnt through the back of your favorite jacket. Do you guys smell smoke? Claudia discre discreetly moves like a chair over the burnt <laughs> <laughs> What's this chair doing in the middle of the aisle? <laughs> so that's the end of the activities for that day and we move on to Day three. You, uh, you're up bright and early because you've not been partying that night. Just a, a simple dinner, maybe um, uh, in the first class lounge. And then you, when you get up, you are pleasantly greeted with bright sunshine and calm seas for the first time on your journey. So no seasickness now. Um, you have entered a rather temperate area of the Atlantic. I said, I remember... The geography lesson from <laughs> the captain. For the captain, yes. <laughs> probably all probably all nonsense, but it, it sounded convincing. Um, so, um, and a, a voice comes over the tannoy, the internal communication system on the boat. Notice to all passengers, uh, due to the change in weather conditions, the upper deck is now open for business. You may... Use the facilities there. The pool and the shuffleboard court will be open from 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, thank you. After breakfast, everyone is heading up to the deck. And then 
there's this kind of excited whispering amongst people. Uh, and someone, let's say a, um, a rather attractive young lady turns around to, uh, to Bill and says, have you heard there's a yacht running alongside the Mauritania? Most intriguing. And then she turns, she turns around and uh, everyone proceeds up to the deck. And so as you, um, as you emerge, you see um, most of the passengers are on the port side of the deck and some of them have binoculars, others are kind of uh, shielding their eyes against the sun and they're all looking out and you can see that there is indeed a yacht that is sort of, um, as, as I said, is running beside the Mauritania's course. You see very far off in the distance, probably, well, several miles away, you see a yacht and it is definitely kind of running parallel to the Mauritania. So what do you want to do? Let's get on that shuffleboard, son. <laughs> does that mean, it, it doesn't look like there's anyone nearby who knows what the yacht is? Um, you're not sure. Everyone seems to be very curious. Um, but you can maybe pops? ask someone. You're saying, yes, okay, uh, shuffleboard will be open in five minutes. Um, yes, yes, it's a yacht, it's a yacht. <laughs> yeah, you do see them on the, on the ocean from time to time. Yeah, it's very interesting. Anyway, you go over to him, and, and he says, "Oh, Miss uh, Miss Stein, such a pleasure to see you again. I, I do hope you've had an enjoyable couple of days. I know it's been terribly boring being stuck below decks, but um, but yes, uh, a lovely day. It's been a lovely, a lovely day has has, uh, has arrived. Um, you you're curious about the yacht, then? Yes. Oh yes." I'm a big fan of boats, and I would love to know. Do you know anyone who, who might be piloting that boat? Oh, no, no. Uh, it happens quite frequently. We are a marvel of the ocean, and any, um, any ships uh, that happen to be traveling in our direction do tend to run alongside us for a while just to catch a glimpse of our magnificent outline against the horizon. I'm sure you'll agree it's a sight to behold. Anyone who has been on the sea knows about the uh, Muratia. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's about four to five miles distant. And you all do notice that the yacht seems to be on a course to get kind of veer in towards the Muratia to get closer. And... Um, Grums, because you made such a good, you know, eyeball of it, you would estimate that it'll probably take about 45 minutes before it actually would kind of intersect course with the Mauritania. How big is this yacht, by the way? Like, is it one of those? Oh, like... it's not big. It's not big. I mean, I mean, it's if, if it ran into the Mauritania, it would just be obliterated it would it would it would hardly even rock the deck this is a this is probably a 30 foot yacht or something 30 40 foot yacht you're in a 700 foot long steel pleasure cruiser so um and philpot says um don't you worry this is very common they just want to get up closer um so they can take photos that's all i wouldn't i wouldn't worry your pretty little heads about it and then you hear something from a deck up above you. You hear the unmistakable tones of Captain Chester Warburton. <laughs> um, and he's angry. Oh, he's angry. This is outrageous. Who gives them the rights to make the rules up on my ship? I have never been so insulted in all my life. I have been sailing these oceans since I was a lad, and I have never been so insulted. Not even when the first mate used me as a boot polish when I was 11 years old in the HMS Victory. Yeah, I say go talk to your superior about that one. That seems illegal. Um, and he's just like fuming, and he's stomping his feet, and he's walking up and down, and he just keeps out shouting, Outrageous! Outrageous! Um, and and then he and then he just goes st stomping off, and he's standing by the um, 
with his hands like tightly gripping a a railing and staring out to see towards the yacht. Um, and Pinkham comes down. I was just wondering if um, my my experience on the sea would be able to tell me more about the yacht. Like if I would be able to notice things that um, might not be obvious. Do they have any flags? Uh, does it have flags? No. Just, apart from the, the simple like signaling flags that boats have. So it doesn't have a country flag? Isn't that kind of unusual? No. Um, I think from this distance it would be very hard to see. You might you would need you would need a telescope. They Don't you have those jeweled binoculars? <laughs> yeah. I have jeweled binoculars. Um I bought them in Peru though. In Peru. Yeah. But I would imagine she would bring them with her. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you hold the binoculars up and can you make me a spot hidden because it's four miles away and the boat's moving a bit. It's gonna be I really did a tricky. Good spot we're hidden earlier. <laughs> <laughs> is, that no! your, is that your girlfriend? Oh my god! No! Do you drop them? them? Okay, you can't. You can't. <laughs> yes, you drop your binoculars off the edge of the boat. It's like Titanic. <laughs> this is the second time I fumbled. Spend a um, one to grab them with your foot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you what. <laughs> you can make me a you can make me a hard dexterity roll <laughs> to try and grab them. And if that doesn't work, this is the do biggest tragedy. To make pots jump in the water after it. No, no, they you kind of they just clip the edge of your fingers oh. and you see them just tumbling down into the water and you're <laughs> pretty pissed off. Um, <laughs> no. Philpot comes over and says, "Oh." Miss Miss Stein, I saw that. What a terrible tragedy! Did I ever tell you about how I dropped a diamond ring off the um, off the gangplank one time? Oh, oh, I've never forgotten it. It's been haunting my dreams. I'm sure this will haunt your dreams. At the moment, the purser Pinkham comes over to Philpot, uh, and he speaks to him in a low voice. And Philpot, uh, uh, Philpot looks up and goes, "Ah, impossible! Impossible! We can't do that." Pinkham leans leans in. And you can see with a sharp, with a sharp tone in his voice, he says, "Just do it, you stupid man." And uh, Mendoza, oh, I didn't know you survived. I won't be talked to like that. But, oh, I don't know. Um, and then he holds up the megaphone, and he says, um, "Ladies and gentlemen, um, the recreation facilities are now open. However, due to a last-minute hitch, I'm afraid the shuffleboard courts will will um, are are." Um, are out of out of service for the next two hours uh, due to being priorly booked um, uh, by the count. Uh, so you, you will not be able to use the shuffleboard this morning. I am terribly sorry, uh, but uh, you may walk around the perimeter. Um, just don't get too close. He, apparently he doesn't like anyone getting close either. I'm terribly sorry. Um, and as this announcement is made, the the captain just shouts out, "Outrageous!" <laughs> and he's just like banging his fist against the the railing and looking extremely pissed off. I walk over to the captain. I'll come with you, Captain. Are you are you upset because of the count? I want your bloody what you what you bloody think, man? We've got the first day of good weather out of port, and that personage decides not only does he want to play but no one else can play no one else can even go up to the court you think there's anything we could do to get him off perhaps we could challenge him if you think there's he any says, way to get him off i'd be more than happy to help he says if only were there some that simple my lad I got a um we we received a communique from cunard this morning informing us, instructing us, that whatever the Count wished for would be made so, thereby undermining me as the rightful administrator and um, manager of this vessel. I am most angry, as you can see, and I wish to talk about it no more. 
and then he turns heel and he just stomps off. Cap- captain, captain. Uh, he just ignores you and he walks up. And <laughs> Mm. Um, I have a, uh, I have, I have an idea. Can I, can I tap, uh, uh, Big Red over here on the shoulder and be like, I think I got a way that we can, uh, confine the Count to his quarters. What's that? Let's go find the doc, see if she's got laxatives. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely. Well, he's got to have just... a drink. He's on a of boat. Of course. That's a three yeah. beverage minimum at all times. <laughs> Graves, have you got anything in that medical bag? Laxative? Of course. Of course. Laxative. You want uh, opium? You want uh, drama? The strongest. The strongest. And we'll have Philpot bring him a drink. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Something that will um, knock him on his ass for a while. <laughs> so, um, Philpot comes over and he says... I'm terribly sorry. Um, I, I simply don't know what to say. Uh, I was so looking forward to setting up the game for you, and and now uh, it seems like we have been um, we have been uh, out outvoted, outranked, so to speak, by by the the nobility. Uh, Monsieur Monsieur Potts, do you believe the count may be receptive to a sportsmanship challenge or a challenge <laughs> or I, a drink i don't uh, know i i do not hazard to guess oh i would say he seems a sporting gentleman but he also seems uh rather aloof hmm. if you ask me um i don't know um i didn't think russian royalty had much had much sway these days but clearly <laughs> they still do oh he's russian get the vodka Fuck yeah. This man knows how to drink. Let's go make him a meal with, with laxatives in it. I'll just give you the lay of the land. You're you're basically on you're you're on the upper deck, but the, the shuffleboard court is probably about um three, four hundred yards further up the deck and it's up on another level. Uh you know, you don't have to go up some stairs. And what you can see is that the count's bodyguards, like two of them, are standing at the bottom of the steps. Just um, kind of eyeballing everyone, um, but after about twenty minutes, they get obviously get a bit bored and they walk back up to the to the court. So if you you probably possibly could approach the court, um, but you know he's got all his bodyguards there as usual, so they'll no doubt be taking an, an, a keen interest in what you want. I think he would be more receptive to a challenge in a game than accepting a drink from strangers, though. Oh, my God. Right. To get back to the <laughs> events of this morning, Philpot comes down again, and he's having little quiet words with little groups of people. And he comes over to you and he says, um, I've, uh, I have a slightly better news. Not perfect news, but better than, better than before. The Count uh, will allow... Um, select uh, guests to to enter the court if they wish to observe the tournament. So if you do wish to get a bit closer to him, maybe maybe to intervene, maybe to um, encourage him to be a bit more, let's say, uh, what's the word, democratic about <laughs> his use of the court, then um, I, I think now is your opportunity. Audio will definitely um, be going. Okay. Yeah. Greaves will also so, be going. Okay, so you, you go up then to the shuffleboard court. Um, the guards are kind of checking everyone as they go up, making sure that they're... And can everyone, again, make me a spot-hidden roll um, as you get to like the, the, uh, the one of the perimeters? You notice that standing against the railing just um, by the left side of the court, but looking out towards the yacht is the priest Ooh. and he seems to be a bit anxious he's looking at his watch and then looking back up out to sea I'm just going to say to uh, kind of whisper to everybody so we have a priest 
who is who may or may not be Russian and he doesn't like rich people and he is a communist and we have a Russian royalty on the ship and this priest is going up into first class where the where the royalty is I mean mm. he has a fixation that could be dangerous I'm not going to I don't want to put fingers and make rash de uh, decisions but I'm pretty sure the priest is trying to kill the Russian dude Yes, maybe we could make close friends with this priest. Yeah, I was about to say, is he like surrounded by people? Like, is he within no, no, our he's, parameters? He's on his own. He's completely on his own. Can I go up to talk to him? I will also go with you. You notice that the Count has started his game. He's playing with the person that you are, have been made aware is his food taster. Which is even more paranoid than it sounds because he has his own chef as well. Sounds like someone with a lot of enemies. I mean, if you've heard about what happened to all the other Russian royals, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, you all go over to the priest, and as you get close to him, he kind of senses you there, and he turns around, and he's, he's like, what, what, what? Waiting on your hot date? No, just getting some air. Ah, do you, do you feel unwell, monsieur? I am a doctor. I could help you out. No, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Just, um... Just a touch of nerves. Um, I, 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 I get nervous on in large expanses of water. Man is not meant to be on the sea. I get what you mean. Do you want some liquid confidence? All kinds of terrible things happen on the sea. Uh, have you had bad experiences of being on the sea? Well, just this one right now. Um, and he says, uh, if you excuse me, I, 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 I'm feeling a little bit um, dizzy. I'll, I'm going to go and sit down over here. And he just moves away uh, about 30 or 40 yards away from you. And he keeps looking at his watch while he's doing this. I follow him and be like, oh, monsieur, I meant to ask, uh, how are there conditions in the downstairs classes? I'm very concerned for the health of the others here. As a doctor, is there good ventilation downstairs? The poor are the blessed. We, we suffer the ills and torments of the world, but we shall be the first to enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. <laughs> I agree. I, uh, is there anything that I could do to ease uh, the suffering of the downstairs passengers? Was there like a plague downstairs? I mean, you heard him. He's going to heaven early. God is the one who decides who shall live and who shall die. It is not up to man with his medicines and and um, technologies to alter the oh, will Jesus of God. Jesus, for these. <laughs> Amen, brother. Now, while, while you're doing brother. this, can, brother. can the rest of you, can, can Bill and um, Grums, can you both make me a spot hidden as well? So actually, only Grums, because it was a hard, neither the neither the hard success, and he got it. Just at this moment, the yacht is now probably about five hundred yards off the bow of the ship. At exactly this time, two familiar figures are walking up the steps to the shuffleboard court. These are the two men that were sitting with the priest at their dinner last night. Hey, uh, Bill, I think those are the two friends of that priest over there, and they're looking kind of twitchy, you know what I'm saying? Says the murder hobo. You know what? You, I, twitchy knows twitchy, you know? It takes one to know one. <laughs> That's very fair. Uh, let's just see how this plays out. He was talking all about, you know, only poor people go to heaven, and how much he doesn't like rich people, and there's a lot of rich people here, and there's a whole boat of rich people over there, you know, so. And he's checking his watch and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Can I watch the yacht? Just kind of like in curiosity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's closing much slower now. It seems to have veered a little bit. So it's staying about 500 yards away. Um, and you can see now that it's not carrying any country flag at all, which is definitely unusual. I mean, Cla Claudia, you, you, you know this. You know that any boats traveling would need to have a country flag and this one doesn't i have enough suspicion to be like um <laughs> there's definitely a couple of stewards up on the deck that you could approach okay i'm gonna yeah approach them 
Okay. So as you go and speak to them, again, things start things start to s like speed up a bit. Like everything seems to be happening. The the shuffleboard is is proceeding. The count has just won. Of course, he's won his third game in a row. Uh, to the polite applause of those upper class guests who were permitted to come up and, and watch. And the two men who were supposedly friends of the priest, they go up to Philpot, who is standing at the gate to the actual court, and they ask him something. And Philpot goes, no, no, absolutely not. And as he's shaking his head, you see the priest, he pushes past the three of you, reaches into his jacket, and you hear a sharp crack, and you realize he has just shot Philpot. <sighs> Philpot drops to the deck, clutching his chest, and go, Ow, I've been shot! I've been shot! Murder! Murder! <laughs> well, and, it's not technically murder, son. You're not dead, but sure, assault, uh, assault. The two other guys who were standing with Philpot pull out revolvers, and one of them has a hand grenade as well. And the, the priest is, is about to jump the rope, and he, sh and he, and he shouts out, Die, dog of the oppressing class, as he takes aim. What do you want to do? We don't have guns, do we? I have a gun. I don't know about you guys. The priest has already fired, so he can't go this round. But the two companions, one of them has got his 32 revolver ready, and he's going to shoot at the count. He fires wildly. The other one, he's going to throw the grenade. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How far are we from that? You're about 20 feet away from them. You're pretty close. The other assassin with the grenade, he manages to get a very accurate roll, and you see the grenade hit the shuffleboard court, bounce <laughs> twice. Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. And start and roll towards the count, who shrieks out, Nyet! Nyet! And at this point, as the grenade seems like it's about to go off, three of the bodyguards hurl themselves onto the grenade. I want to tackle the guy with the grenades. You need to run about 20 feet over. Just barrel into him and, you know, take him down and start searching for his grenades or kill him, whatever comes first. He can try and evade, but there's no way he's going to do it. He would need to get a critical, basically. No, no. <laughs> okay, you um, just describe what you want to do to him. Describe what happens. So, I close the distance between me and the uh, rebel scum, and <laughs> lay him out, <laughs> shoulder to hip. He goes flying up. You world star! While he's in a fucking haze, I start searching for his grenades. Oh, so you flip him backwards and, like, lands on his head kind of thing? Oh, yeah. A pile driver? A suplex. Yeah. A suplex, yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, he, his head cracks against the ground. You can actually roll me some damage. Um, so just roll your brawl damage. All right, well, that's not enough to, to like, knock him out or do anything, but, but you've got him, like, pinned down now. You also notice Philpot is, like, gurgling blood at the moment next to you. As he goes, forget about me, save the cow. Gwen, what do you want to do? You can get your a gun out if you want. Um, you just won't be able to aim it. You'll, you'll just have a regular. Yeah, I'm going to go over and apply first aid. He's bubbling blood at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's looking pretty bad news. Just. Okay, so you apply pressure to Philpot's wound. And he's saying, no need, miss. No need. I'll be right as right in the morning. Oh, you will because of me. Just a graze as you see that the bullet actually went all the way through him and is kind of like he's bleeding out the back as well. Monsieur, where did you where did you go to school for medicine? <laughs> mm, okay, how about how about you count down from a hundred? Focus on your numbers and your breathing. <laughs> oh, okay, miss, okay, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm meant to be looking after you, not the other way. As you put the pressure on and he's yeah. like <laughs> in agony. Oh, maybe it's a bit worse than I thought. Oh, I remember you counting. Remember to count the sheep. There's other people like coming up to watch the tournament, right? All the other guests have absolutely have, have just like hurled themselves off the back of the seating area and they're scrambling to get away because there's a, a live grenade in the middle of the shuffleboard court. And there's like three bodyguards on top of it. And everyone knows what's about to happen. The Count is like scrambling for cover, trying to duck behind the last remaining bodyguard. Well, there, there are actually two more, but they're not anywhere near the action. They were kind of 
patrolling the perimeter. They're, you can see that they're reaching for their weapons. So one of them is in, one one of the assassins down and is being held down by Grums. The other two are about to hurdle over the ropes, and they've got their weapons drawn. Oh yeah, where's the other assassin that was like next to the grenade dude who shot wildly? He's about to jump over the rope and run towards the count with his gun drawn. I'm gonna aim for his leg. Uh, no, you fail. Next up is Bill Rakeshear. Then I go to do a regular tackle onto the ground. This time they're aware that there are people attacking them from behind, so you won't get the bonus, but roll me a regular fighting brawl. You got a critical. Okay, so um, as you run towards him, he seems very aware of everything going on around him. And rather than you tackling him, he sidesteps and just kind of puts his shoulder into you and you go flipping over the top of him and you're lying winded on the deck as he then sprints forward with his gun, ready to fire again. Who's next? Claudia. You've got two assassins left rushing the count. So there's the priest with his gun. And, and there's the other assassin also with a gun. They're both leaping over the, the black velvet rope um, and are looking to take aim. There are there, there are still like three bodyguards who are also trying to draw their weapons as as okay. we as you do this. Um. Okay. I guess I will. Um. Fuck it. I'll aim at the priest. The priest. In inverted commas. Jesus. Oh my God. That is an impale. What is your maximum damage? I think you've killed this guy. This poor you, man. So you do 10 plus whatever you roll. Tell me how you kill the priest. Where's your Luger bullet hit? I think how I'm going to do it, because she wasn't necessarily trying to kill him. So I think she just kind of like aimed at him and happened to hit him like right in, oh, actually. An artery. Yeah, the neck. I was thinking the neck, because that'd be really... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then like this fountain starts spraying out of his neck. He holds his hand up and he sinks sinks to his knees and he goes For Russia and then he falls forward dead. And at this point a massive explosion goes off, leaving a smoking hole in the shuffleboard deck, and body parts of the three bodyguards are f- scattered across the deck, spraying oh. anyone within thirty feet. Um, they are all just blown to smithereens by this grenade but they have saved the Count's life because he is, you know, he's unharmed the bodyguard in front of him is just covered in the bits of bone and blood of his three of his three fellow bodyguards (laughs) and he's too shocked do anything. The other two bodyguards pull out 9mm automatics and they just pepper the last remaining assassin with bullets. Mm-hmm. And he and he and he's just like tossed around like a rag doll and, and he's lying he's then lying dead on on the deck. What about the ones that Grums has pinned? Well, there we go. So some relative calm returns. Grums, you have the last remaining assassin pinned two bodyguards who shot the other assassin they come stomping over towards you with their guns drawn and they're and they're pointing it down at the guy that you've got held to the gun and they say out the way move now yeah these guys are like in point blank range i I totally comply And, and and as they're aiming you hear the voice of the count saying yet yet stop we don't kill people in cold blood you sure about that, Chief? Someone just tried oh? to do it to you. <laughs> besides, it's um, plenty warm. The guy on the ground kind of, like, he's, like, struggling to get up, and he says, That is not what Lien's Cossacks have done for their whole history. You oppressor of the people, you scum. And the Count comes over and he says, I think you are not in any position to be making comments like that. Guards, put this man in irons. And do not kill him. We do not execute people without a trial. And they grab him from the deck and haul him up. And they kind of strip him of of all his weapons and whatever. Oh, they got the grenades? No. (laughs) I'm just like lingering on the side asking for the grenades. Um, You know what? You can make me me a sleight of of hand roll if you wish. 
Fuck. No, Aww. you failed. So he is dragged off. Philpot is now sort of just sitting up a bit to, so the blood doesn't pool. You know, he doesn't choke on the blood or anything. Right. Saying, Miss Greaves. Oh. Yeah, Dr. Greaves. <laughs> Dr. Greaves, Dr. Yes. Greaves, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, what a, what a, what a, what a to do. I've, ne- I've never seen anything of the sort. You all seem to be so calm in the, in the eye of the storm. I've never seen anything like it. Are you, are you secret agents or spies like that Sexton Blake fellow? I don't say anything. I just wink at him and put my finger to my lips like, shh. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> my old mum will, my, my old mum <laughs> would never believe it. I'll have to write her as soon as I get back to the docks. Oh, monsieur, um, maybe leave our names out of it. You can tell your mother all the tales you want, just no names. Yes, milady, yes, milady. At this point, the Count comes over and he says, I, I suppose uh, I owe you a thank you for your intervention. Excuse me, my, my English is not, uh, is not very good. Um, and then he, he says, uh, parlez-vous français? Oh, oui. And I ask if he's injured in French. Yeah, and, and he's, he speaks absolutely perfect French, much better Excellent. than English. And uh, so you can converse with him very easily. And, and he says, no, nothing injured except my honor to have let such a thing happen. And as you're saying that, you see that the, the yacht has veered completely back on the course which it was on after all mm. the gunfire. And it's moving rapidly, like almost at 90 degrees away from the boat. <laughs> he looks over and he says, I suppose that was their yacht. They, yeah. they must have assumed they could just somehow kill me and then escape the fools. Of shoddy planning. The Count comes over uh, after looking at the yacht for a while and he says, uh, you must forgive me. I am indebted to you. He hands you all this beautifully like gold embossed card with, with his name. Kurosov. He was a notorious Lyensk Cossack and his people were responsible for some pretty outrageous acts of, of war and war crimes. Congrats. You've made friends with Russian Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> I keep making friends with very dangerous people. Yes, you do indeed. Um, and he says to you as he leaves, we will retake our country from these scum. You will see. I will go down in history. And with that, he walks off with his bodyguards. Okay, and so the drama is over. I want to go down to the, the ship bar. Shots of scotch on me. <laughs> well, if they're on you, I'm going to like do double. <laughs> So you're you're down. Okay, so you go down to the bar. You notice that that fellow is there again. The, the sort of pear-shaped fellow who dropped all his books. Ah. Oh. Um. He's actually there, propping up the bar, and he seems to be a lot better than when you last saw him. He was horribly seasick, if you remember. And um, you, uh, Marcus tried to speak to him, but couldn't get more than a word out of him. And and yeah, he's uh, he's standing at the bar drinking a whiskey. Got to see legs. Thankfully, yes. I had a terrible, terrible two days. This is not the life for a man of the books. All right, move over. I'm getting shots. What what <laughs> kind of, what kind of books are you reading? Oh, you know, um, uh, well, 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 uh, books of all sorts of uh, knowledge, information. Why why do you ask? Do you uh, do you have a particular interest a uh, topic a theme you got any of those bound in skin <laughs> yeah we're interested in, in cults and the like indeed you are yeah most interesting most interesting my <laughs> my name is uh, my name is professor professor alvin patterson pleased to meet you harvard university oh yeah we've been there gorgeous place oh you have when, yeah, when, when were you there? Let's say a month. I don't know. Christmas. Oh, were you visiting? Do you know a student there? Maybe a son or a daughter? No, you don't look old enough. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, we were trying to go to the library. 
Miriam's library. Oh, no, Miriam, how fascinating. Oh, yes, Miriam and I, we go back a long way. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so what was it exactly that you were there? She she looks after some of the more interesting collections. Uh, we were doing research for a good friend of ours. You were? Was it uh, into anything esoteric? Unusual? Oh, I can't remember. I'm not a book person. But maybe your friend here, you look like the more bookish type, he says, uh, pointing to, uh, to Marcus. In fact, don't I recognize you? Marcus, you do actually recognize him. I mean, he was the guy that you recognized, and now it's what you're putting it all together. You definitely have mixed in similar circles, and you know that he is a professor of um, uh, European history. And he says, are you on a study tour as well? I am so looking forward to this. Uh, I have saved up for years to take this trip. I will be traveling around the whole of Europe looking into the more unusual aspects of history there. Have you read this one? This is rather a fantastic tome. I find it most intriguing. And he pulls out this very old but small book. And you see it's actually um, got a German writing on the cover. It's in German. So Claudia, you your eyes kind of your your eyes prick up at this when you see it. So it says on the cover Unsprechlicher Kulten, which translated into English from by Claudia means nameless cult. And, and he says, I'll tell you what, if you are interested, I could give you a um, small demonstration tonight of what I have learned. Oh god. A demonstration? Yes. These books are not mere myth and legend they are practical books Ooh, i would be personally very interested i i would be too especially is if my eye does not mistake me it is a german book oh it is indeed it was written by van hoist the famed german writer of the occult in 18th century uh yes uh, it talks about the uh, hidden cults of the world and their worship of the great god Cthulhu. Oh god. <gasps> oh god. <laughs> he said the name of the movie in the movie. So, um, yeah, he's just ran, he's actually just down the corridor from you. Um, and he invites you up after supper to uh, see his demonstration. So, after dinner, late in the evening, you go up to room A27. You, you hear Professor Patterson, come in, come in. When? We come in. You open the door and um, the room is filled with incense smoke, which kind of billows around you as you go in. Patterson is seated cross-legged. The book, Unsprechlicher Kulten, is open in front of him. There is a glass filled with wine. A candlelight passes through the glass and onto the wall. He has a brazier giving off the clouds of incense smoke. And he says, please join me. Sit and observe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we sit and observe. This ritual, which I have been practicing, it allows us to see visions. You may ask to see any vision you wish. And <laughs> if, if we perform, if we perform correctly with the right intent you will be granted with a true and accurate vision of that which you seek Ooh, interesting interesting i've got a brother but i haven't seen him in long time do you think we could find him absolutely but just one thing the visions will show you a version of the truth but they are not always entirely let us say a version of the truth? <laughs> a version of the truth. Let us say there is a intelligence behind this vision. And it is not necessarily one that will willingly give you what you want. But you will see some version of the truth. But be careful. Okay. These are dark arts. We expect communications and visions to be brought through symbolism. Is that the version of the truth we will see? Possibly, yes, possibly. Or possibly 
a image of reality, but maybe one that has happened or hasn't happened or maybe never will happen, um, depending on what path you take. There's always mm. an interpretation required. So he goes through the glass awakening ceremony in a straightforward, unmystical manner. He's almost like he's a scientist mixing chemicals together. He goes, yes, yeah, so well, this goes in here and this goes in here. And then we light this and we wait for 11 seconds. One, two, three. <laughs> um, and he pauses it a few times, like leaves through the book, goes, yeah, and then what's this? Uh, oh, I keep forgetting this bit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, gizzard of eagle, uh, the uh, pituitary gland of the Arctic seal. Yes, yes. Oh, very interesting. Yes, yes, I see. So, uh, let us commence. Who would wish to ask the first question of the glass? Oh, Big Red sounds like you got it. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to take it from Red. Ooh, I would like to... It's <laughs> <laughs> salivating over there. Oh, oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, the smoke on the, in the room swirls about the candle. As he finishes the invocation, the pool of light reflected on the wall takes on shape and color. Slowly an image forms and grows clearer like a motion picture projected on the wall. At first, the scene looks indistinct and blurry. And the professor goes, no, 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 this isn't, this isn't, um, this isn't what's meant to happen. Uh, let me look at the text again. Um, um, uh, he mutters some weird words, um, not in German, not in English. And then he adjusts the position of the glass and then the candle. Um, and then the vision grows clearer. And it clarifies, first, a dimly perceived mass of people dancing in unison. As the vision strengthens, far-off chanting can be heard. Then, then it turns to vistas of vast ocean and starry void above, engulfs first the dancers, then the entire vision. And then what appears in the middle is a picture, Bill, of your brother. And he is in a quite dark space, and you see that he is bound, his hands are bound together, and he's gagged, and he's being shaken around, like he's in some kind of vehicle or something, and then there's a screech of brakes, the door of the vehicle opens, you're not sure whether it, it's probably the back of a van, and he is hauled roughly to his feet by two men and dragged out of the van. And that's all you see. Bill, was Bill the only one who saw it? Alright, I leap to my feet and go, what the fuck? Cole, what's your problem? You, you know this man? That's Jamie! That's the guy I'm looking for! Jamie, I, I think you might have the wrong person. That's my brother. No, you don't understand. That's... I know that little son of a bitch. Are we looking for the same dude? What's what's your uh, brother's last name? Rakeshir. It's my last name. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why? I, I, I don't know. His last name's Salvizzi. But that's him. I know him. I think we might need to have a a sit a down. A long and... talk? Yes, I think so yeah. too. Oh boy. Uh... Could get tasty. Okay. Who wishes to look next? Ask next. What exactly do we can we see though? Is it just people? Is it any answers we want? Anything. Okay, okay. Anything I want? Anything. Do I like do I like cast my request into the void or how does it work? Professor says uh, just ask away. Ask into, ask towards the glass, and the vision will come. Oh, great glass! How do I get grenades? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Again, the, the the smoke swirls about. It coalesces around the glass. This time, it's in focus. And again, this picture of dancers. You're not sure why, but dancers dancing un in unison, holding hands. And again, the vistas of vast ocean and starry void. And then you see a street in London, and it, there's a sign above it 
saying army and navy surplus it's called beak street w1 the image goes like the camera if there was a camera goes into the shop and you see that there are all kinds of military paraphernalia and in a glass cabinet on the top are some grenades and the shopkeeper lifts his head up and looks at you and you see that he looks like a normal person at first and then it's like his clothes just kind of melt away and you see the face of the black pharaoh staring back at you and he says you are coming ever closer i am looking forward to meeting you and can you all make me a sanity roll please oh what the hell this isn't grenades so i can have grenades but i have to get through the black pharaoh first fair enough <laughs> that's some oh, major wow. fails going on there. um kiara you you lose two sanity right. everyone else roll roll me uh, a d6 cole can you make me an intelligence roll please Oh, you know, my highest stat? Sure, why not? Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, no! Oh, okay. no. You're too you, smart, Cole. You, you're too smart. So you lose five <laughs> sanity, and you have a bout of madness. Oh, and can you roll me a d10? Can you roll me a yeah. d10? Sure, here you go. Oh, jeez. Oh, fuck! <laughs> you're gonna get another mania. Right. We will have to leave it there with the Black Pharaoh beckoning you to come and join him. Do the rest of anyway. us lose sanity? <laughs> you all lost that amount of sanity. Oh, oh that amount, so, okay. And we will leave it there. I swear to God, like, <laughs> every time we have to roll sanity, Cole's face just gets melted off like he looked into the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs>